Hello there, welcome to a very, very special emergency True Court Pop. It's me, Stephen Hill. I hope you are very well. If you can hear my voices, oh, it's a little bit croaky, so I apologise for that. Uh, the reasons for that will become clear as I talk you through Friday and Saturday of Reading Festival. I'm here. Joining me, as always, is Gaz Jones. Ah, there's no Gaz Jones. Gaz um, has got the weekend off, obviously, because this is one it's bank holiday weekend. Not going to make him basically come in here and listen to me talk, um, which is essentially what we've been doing. Because I've been, as I just mentioned, at Reading Festival this weekend. As you are hearing this, I'm probably travelling back on my way to Reading for the Sunday. I meant to do this yesterday with the Friday, but because uh, of reasons which I'll get into very, very briefly. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, I, I didn't do one, so I thought I'd put a little kind of quick Reading Festival review thing, rather than us kind of go through it painstakingly on the main show with me kind of monologuing and guys going oh yeah oh yeah oh good oh yeah okay good yeah uh so i thought i'd just get it done get it out of the way because i'm sure you're you know I'm, I'm, well actually i'm not sure some of you i hope are vaguely interested in my uh my opinion of what's happened at the Reddit festival so um basically i'm going to do friday saturday and then tomorrow i'm going to do sunday if you listen to this as i said i'm probably on my way i've been coming back to my house because i, I live quite I live quite close to the to the Reading Festival, to be honest. It's about a sort of 36-minute... So Google Maps tells me, I'm just looking at it now, 36-minute drive from my house so I can get in and out pretty, pretty, pretty easily, to be honest, which is what I've been doing. So it's been nice to be sleeping in my bed and, you know, getting uh, a coffee from my local coffee shop and going to the gym and stuff like that. That's what I'm going to do right now. Anyway, none of that's particularly interesting. Reading on a Friday, I went in, got up... Um, so here's a, a, a funny story. What a funny story. I decided to get my car washed for some reason before I went to the festival. So I went and got my car washed before. Got full, full valet service and all that. And uh, drove in. I had like parking um, for press because I'm doing press there as well. And um, I managed to blag my way because the, the, the car park is so fucking far away. The guest car park. It's, I've never known a festival have a car park which is basically in not just on the other side of town it's on it's not in the town it's not actually in i'm not sure it's actually in reading it seems to be in like slough or something um and uh yeah i i think um that that is a bit mental so i was like well do you know what i'm gonna try it on because they're like you can get a, a shuttle bus and i knew that the roads are going to be fucked and everything and i was like do i want to sit on a shuttle bus with loads of sort of 15 16 year olds having you know just having just got their gcc results and doing poppers for the first time i thought i don't really want to do that so i thought i'd try and blag it I managed to blag it my way behind right behind the stage so i parked up right behind the stage which was great until i came back and i found that my car had been <laughs> absolutely covered in dust and debris from the festival so yesterday morning to cut a long story short, I just went and got my car washed again. And then I decided to park in the town centre. Very interesting start to the festival. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. So what all of that faffing meant was, is that I miss Yard Act. Sorry, Sam, I miss Yard. No, your favourite band. I miss Yard Act. I didn't get to see them. Um, I turned up in time to see Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls opening the main stage West, which is... 
you know, you would think on paper a smaller slot than someone like Frank Turner, who's able to headline the O2 and arenas in general in his own right. Maybe not the O2 these days, but certainly I think Ali Pali or Wembley Arena wouldn't be a stretch to say that Frank Turner could quite comfortably go and headline that. Um, not a massive crowd for Frank Turner. Like, you know, this is something I'll probably say a few times. Not a massive, massive crowd. Um, I thought he was decent. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Frank Turner's music, particularly. I don't dislike it. Uh, I like him as a person. I think he seems like very cool. He's a very, very charismatic, cool front man. And he's obviously, he's done so many gigs that he sounded great. And he, he reeled off, you know, that kind of 10-year run that he did at Reading. Apparently, he hasn't been at Reading since 2016. This is his first time back since 2016. Very different festival, isn't it, Frank? Yes, I think you'll agree. And... Um, yeah, it was uh, it was decent. I think it was a decent way to start the day. It's quite a kind of cool, energetic way to start the day. There were a few people down the front who were clearly massive, massive fans, but there were a lot of sort of casual people just sort of wandering around who I don't think he really reached. I think he, funnily enough, he kind of reached them in between songs because he's got when he kind of talks to the crowd, he's quite a captivating presence. And people were sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. And we're going, oh, I want to see you, Mosh. And we got to jump up and down. We're all here together. The spirit of unity. Everyone's welcome. Redden's magical. Blah, 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 blah. All that kind of stuff. And people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'd play a sort of folk punk song. And you just saw the people go, oh, I don't really like this type of music. So it was good. Um, and a good way to start the weekend. But it didn't fully translate in the way that I think it probably would have done had you have gone back, you know, how many years do you want to say? A few. Let's just say a few years. Should we just say a few years? I think that's fine, isn't it? Uh, a few years. Um, I then went back and got um, I got myself a drink and something to eat, which meant I missed Tion Wayne. Now, I'm not familiar with Tion Wayne, but as I was walking through, Tion Wayne got the first, like, massive crowd. Like, I don't know who this geezer is. I'm going to probably listen to him because people were, I could hear from the sort of guest area where I was, people were losing their shit to Tion Wayne. I didn't see him, so I have nothing really to say about Tion Wayne other than well done for being very, very popular, mate. Well done. Well done, you. Uh, and, you know, that kind of... I think he's obviously some sort of grime uh, rap artist, I believe. So, you know, um, I think that's... Uh, you know, that's what that... That's what that festival kind of likes now i did go over to the radio one dance stage that's what it's called isn't it yeah and i saw noisy now noisy are basically a sort of rave revivalist band apparently they're influenced by kasabian pendulum and the prodigy and i read up on that and i was like oh i'm gonna go and see that and their drummer right who i met later that day used to be in the band dead swans the hardcore band dead swans so they've got you know, they're influenced by something pretty cool, I think. You know, like if you're influenced by the Prodigy, and that's got enough to pique my interest. And, um, yeah, it was like a kind of old-school rave. You know what I was saying about the Prodigy, the, not the Prodigy, but about Pendulum a few weeks ago? Like, they've got rid of the MC, and it's a little bit less exciting now due to that. I think Noisy, they've got an MC. And if you look at Pendulum and you go, well, I like this music, but I've got to be honest, like Pendulum, they don't quite cut it. It's not as rowdy as it used to be. I think Noisy will fill that gap for you. They were actually very good. I enjoyed them. Um, I, I thought they were. I thought they were very good. They brought out the um, the guys from Froze Mode, who just immediately jumped in the crowd and started going mental. Now I'll talk about Froze Mode in a little bit, but that was probably the most exciting part 
of that particular uh, that particular show. Um, I saw a tiny little bit of Mimi Webb, and I think I sort of said this last year. Uh, but Mimi Webb is was perfectly fine, like perfectly fine kind of alt pop thing. I think it was cool. I think it was absolutely, you know, just, you know. I don't know her songs, and none of them really jumped out at me, particularly while I was watching her. But I thought she was a fine way to pass a day. Were you to have transported her from that Reading main stage back in time in a TARDIS? A TARDIS? I don't go back in time, does it? No, a DeLorean. <laughs> Get your 80s references right when talking about the Reading Festival in 2023. Um, I think were you to have transported her back in a DeLorean to the Reading Festival of 1998 and put that on that stage she would have been covered in piss within about 10 seconds. So it's, again, quite a marker of where the festival is that people seem to really enjoy Mimi Webb. I thought she was fine. I got no beef with her at all, but I just kind of walked by, saw a few songs before I went to watch Froze Mode, who I was just talking about. Now, I wasn't familiar with Froze Mode, and they played the BBC introducing stage. And they're basically kind of, I think they're from, I don't want to say they're from London. They're definitely from the UK, but they're kind of a three-pronged, almost like rap rock things. So I had a guitarist and they had a drummer um, and they had a synth man or a, a sort of a, a DJ. And there's three of them kind of fronting the band and they're very, very young. They're very, very energetic. They're very, very... Well, they jump in the crowd a lot. Like, I was looking at that and I was going, quad, uh, my quads couldn't fucking put up with the amount of, like, stomping that you're putting on it. But then, you know, they're probably about 21 um but they were really really good really good i would say you know, they got the geezer from noisy out to do a song with them so then there's four of them um it's not rap rock in the sort of rage Against the machine downset esque way it's much more of a sort of modern i guess a modern kind of grime thing but but with actual guitars with guitars and big drums and you know actual like kind of rock influenced rhythms I wouldn't go as far as to say they would be the sort of thing that would be covered in, certainly not in Metal Hammer, maybe in Kerrang, maybe in Kerrang, but I really enjoyed them. I thought they were really, really good. I've never heard of them before, but I just thought they came on with Noisy and I was like, oh, I might go and watch them later. And they were actually really, really good. Um, the the Reading Festival, um, the kind of sad thing about Reading Festival is just how, I think, malign, you know, like marginalized rock and guitar music has become because honestly wet leg who did get a big crowd right i'll talk about wet leg in a second because i watched a bit of wet leg and i decided that i was gonna wander on over and watch a little bit of pink shift so i saw before i saw wet leg i saw games we play so games we play is like a sort of pop, pop, pop punk thing it's a dude and um one guitarist and a drummer it sounds like sort of 2001 2002 pop punk uh, he was fairly competent at it, I suppose. I mean, it's not really something that I would get excited about, but he, he, he was fine. If you like that sort of thing, if you if you want a kind of pop-punk revivalist thing, he's, I would imagine, one of, if not the best person sort of involved in that at the moment. Fine. Um, Pink Shift, right? Who, again, like, I don't know loads about Pink Shift, but somebody had said to me, oh, you yeah, know, they're, they're good, right? They're good. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, we'll... We'll check them out. We'll do that. They are an American rock band from Baltimore, Maryland, um, who formed in 2019. I've cited Nirvana, Arctic Monkeys, and no doubt was musical influences. Very, very 
kind of 90s grungy um almost i mean though that would make you think they were a kind of 90s grunge alt band they were more like i i noted you know bits of sort of post hardcore and i don't mean you know i get kind of more like taking back sunday or the kind of post hardcore that i would usually reference like they did remind me of a maybe glass jaw is too far maybe taking back sunday isn't far enough but somewhere in between the middle of those two things i thought they were pretty good now the sad thing is even when they were playing they had about 30 people watching them and it's that thing isn't it where you know i mean a few years ago when i went and i was like oh dillinger and mastodon playing this will be brilliant and then both of those bands had nobody watching them and it was a, just a little bit sad and that was a bit of a like oh 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 okay oh fuck oh wow um and that has just increased, 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 and increased year upon year upon year to the point where a band like Pink Shift come over from Baltimore and play to 30 people at what is supposedly, you know, like one of the most legendary quote unquote rock festivals on planet Earth. Um, that is the nature of the beast, I guess. That is, you know, if you're booking Central Sea and like Dave last year, Billy Eilish and people like that, I suppose you can't really expect people to. Um, be to, to kind of assume that people were going to be as interested in a band like Pink Shift, but I thought it was a shame because they were good. Whilst over on the main stage, Wet Leg, who again I've seen for the third time this this year, and I think I sort of was like, no, they weren't great at the Royal Albert Hall, and I only saw a little bit of, of Pulp. I'm now happy to say they are the Emperor's New Clothes. I think, like I like, I mean, certainly live, I quite like the album. I quite like the album. I think it's quite good, but live, no. Like, there is no charisma. There is no energy. The songs don't sound as good. They're kind of played like they're not really trying to play them. Um, It is deliberately kind of slacker cool in a way that just, I think, today just does not translate. You know, I spoke last weekend, uh, last week about going to see The weekend, or going to see Clipping, or like half the stuff I see at this festival... Like, even if I didn't like the music of half the stuff I'm going to talk about here, you see these people try and put on a show. And Wet Leg just seemed to be the antithesis of that. And you could go, well, no, that's good because that's cool. They're not trying to, you know, they're not bothered about whether or not they fit in or appeal to people and stuff. And I admire all of that. But ultimately, you are a band. You are playing a main stage. You you know, she did the joke. The singer did the joke. And... Oh, high reading festival. And it's like, I fucking remember Daniel Johns doing that in 1999. And people going, no, mate, that's not a good joke. And you think the amount of people that must have done that joke. I, again, it's like, yes, you're a pretty indie girl. So I suppose everybody's laughed at every single thing that you've ever said ever. But that doesn't really make you charismatic. Just being a bit like disinterested. I thought Wet Leg were bum. Even Chaise Lounge at the end. I thought, oh, it's going to go off for this. And it sort of didn't because they just sort of stood there and they sort of mumbled through it. I don't, I, I, I don't understand. They are not a bad band because their album is quite good. But seriously, it, I, it's, I just, I just, it, I can't see how this can happen. I just can't see how this can, can like sustain. I don't think it will. Um, it just won't. Uh, Bicep Live. I fucking, Bicep, on the other hand, I fucking love Bicep. 
I've really got into them. Shout out Merlin for sort of turning me onto Bicep. I think that last album they put out in 2021, I want to say. Yeah, 2021 is great. It's fucking great. If you like kind of, you know, considering how popular they are, very kind of lo-fi, not hyper-energetic, lo-fi, ambient-ish, electronica, kind of electronic house, I guess. And these sort of live shows from these bands, they succeed or fail completely on the strength of is the show surrounding good enough, right? Because it's two blokes stood at a laptop. It's two blokes stood next to a desk. So what else are you going to do to make this worthwhile? Well, one, if your music is good and you yourself, you know, I've been driving, so I think... Look, I'm not the sort of person who goes, oh, drugs make songs better, and oh, you need to take some drugs and it'll be better. I don't, I think if the music's strong enough, you don't need to do that. And I think Bicep do have really, really great music, but I do think, you know, if you were maybe a, a bit more lucid, a bit looser, then you might have enjoy, enjoyed it more. The stage had nothing but, the, you know, the, the actual, their visuals were great. They were really, really great, and they really kind of accentuated their their particular brand of ambient electronic house. But in the daylight, outdoors, um, it lost something. I really enjoyed it. I th- I think they're they're really good, and I really enjoyed um, the whole experience of seeing them. And it was good to hear those songs. I just wanted to hear those. They've got a lot of songs. I was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to hearing that. And obviously, being a kind of electronic band, the one thing those bands can do is they can really faithfully recreate the sound of the record without having to worry too much about you know i mean other than pas fucking up and going down or you know like an auxiliary lead falling out the back of your laptop um you should be fine and it sounded really good and the, the visuals look really good and they 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 do have some they make some really brilliant music but it was just a it was a weird vibe it didn't really quite work as a vibe uh i went over and saw loyal Kana, who clashed with knock loose so i didn't watch knock loose because Lord Karner is better than Knock Loose, um, as proven by his performance of what I would say was my favourite set of the day. Really, really, really great. Really great. He brought a kind of street um, stage set with him, like half a car and a, a street lamp and stuff, and everything was played live. Again, I think I, I spoke about Little Sims last year at Reading, who was fucking fantastic at, at Reading last year. I don't think Lord Karner was quite on the level that Little Sims was last year. But I thought he was brilliant as well. Played a lot of songs from Hugo, which sounded sounded amazing. And and actually, you know, the thing about Little Sims is she's, a, I think, her best material. Well, maybe not even her best material, but I think she has better... Lord Carla's best material is not the most danceable stuff, right? I thought all of the stuff of his that really worked was the more kind of low energy stuff. So it didn't turn into like a big party, whereas there was a few times last year where Little Sims brought out the big bombastic stuff and it sounded amazing. Lord kind of didn't really do that. He actually sounded much better and he actually felt more interesting and, and better when he was playing that kind of introspective low energy stuff. Like he's got a few, you know, big bangers and, and that was great. 
he's just a very very charismatic likable dude he talked about he talked about his son how his son was born during lockdown and how you know his son says my you know my son's three now he's back there asleep but he says to say hello and i thought it was really sweet and you know obviously a lot of his music is about his family and his upbringing and all that stuff so i thought it was a nice little kind of tie into everything he was just very good he's very very good i was really really impressed he probably was my favorite thing like i say that i saw of the whole day i didn't say weekend then but it's not the best thing i saw the weekend foals were good foals didn't get a massive crowd you know headlining that second stage that main stage west um didn't get a massive crowd but the people down the front really really loved it just a very good greatest hits set i mean stuff like i think wake me up the song they open with is an absolute banger from that last album and i do i do still genuinely think that they are better at writing those kind of 80s influenced electro pop songs than doing more of the introspective stuff although that you know stuff like the run it's called the runner the song that one that goes oh and if I die, gonna gonna keep on running that is a fucking great tune and um uh yeah and that one that you don't have my number that's good as well isn't it that's good right that's just fucking well catchy and all that shit sounded good and you know again they had a comparable sort of light show to to bicep um i thought uh yanis i think the singer's name is had it, it felt like he was struggling with his voice a bit it, even in between songs he was like thanks very much reading and his voice was a bit like Egh. so i don't know i um i don't know i think um maybe he's having a little bit of a vocal drop because the one thing that sounded a bit off was his voice to be honest it sounded a little bit off the sound wasn't amazing didn't get a massive crowd but they got a decent crowd I thought, you know like it looked quite bad on telly someone sent me a picture of uh well, was gaz actually was like oh foal's got a small crowd and then i looked on the you know the bbc one thing and yes like it looked quite small but from where i was i mean i got fairly down the front and the people down the front were having a very very good time and there was quite a big scene so but then you know I don't like to go, well, there was a big crowd because I was right down the front and I couldn't see behind me, but I just felt like loads of people were surrounding me. That's I've had people say that to me before and it's like, well, I was still at the back and I could see everything, whereas you were still at the front. You could just see the front. So I'll take your word for it. Um, and the photographic evidence as well. Uh, Sam Fender, right. Now, we did a Your Cult Pop, uh, patreon.com forward slash True Cult Pop, if you want to go and listen to that, about Sam Fender's last album and i didn't really know much about sam fender and i thought the album was absolutely brilliant i think it's really really good so i was dead excited for sam fender i'll tell you one thing about reading which i'll get onto when i talk about the killers less so with sam fender getting anywhere near these headliners seems impossible absolutely impossible like i went for sam fender you know i got to sam fender about 10 minutes before he came on right and I managed to get a fairly decent slot. And he didn't have uh, as a big a crowd as, like I say, the Killers, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I was still quite far away. And I was like, fucking hell, I've got here, I must suppose 10 minutes isn't loads of time. But it's it's enough when, you know, like I left during the last Foles song and came down to Sam Fender. And I was like, fucking hell, I'm still like three barriers back. Um, it was a very, very unflashy headline performance. It was a band uh, and a guy dressed fairly normally, no gimmicks, no kind of faffing, even even the video screens. There were times where they weren't even showing anything on the video screen now and again. They'd just be like a little 
line running through it. And I was like, from where I stood, I was like, this is actually quite frustrating that you're doing this because I can't see anything at all. I'd quite like you to at least show something on the video screen. So, um, but but Sam Fender played, um, I would say, a, a very good set. I think he looks like someone who will either fully establish himself as someone who is a regular festival. I mean, this is true of anyone. I don't know what I'm saying this. He's either going to go on and become massive and he'll just be headlining every festival around or I think there'll be quite a significant drop-off, right? And the reason I think that is because when you are solely reliant on the strength of your songs, I think, you know, Sam Fender's a cool name to drop at the moment. If he carries on writing albums like he's written, he will eventually be, you know, the songs that you heard, which already felt pretty timeless, pretty classic. But I think it would be... Uh, a, a bit much to say oh they're already classics I'm not sure that you know a couple of years in you can go like that is now a bona fide generational anthem I think if you get four or five years down the line and people still talking about Sam Fender those songs will feel like you know when Springsteen launches into Born to Run I actually have quite a lot of faith that he will do that because I think he is you know immensely he's very talented he's a really good songwriter he is immensely likeable immensely likable he sounds great as well he's got something a little bit different about him and his kind of stage patter you know was very relatable very earnest just you know simple uh it was good it was really really good i mean i'm still like i think he's dead good he's super talented he's dead good um but he's still not someone who i could be like oh I'm a massive fan of Sam Fender because I've only really been listening to his music for the last few months properly really but it was good it was really really good that was Friday let's go through Saturday which I think um, Friday was the best day right so Friday was the day that I looked at and I was like yeah 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 um, Friday's gonna be the day but then actually there's quite a lot of stuff that happened on Saturday that I either discovered or saw I wasn't really expecting to be like amazing, but we were actually really good. I arrived on Saturday, sort of early afternoon, and I saw Baby Queen on the main stage east, east, main stage east, Baby Queen, who, again, I don't really know much about, but who played a really kind of cool, almost poppy punk, dream pop hybrid of stuff, and was really good, was really, really good, like, you know, it kind of... What would it have been like? One o'clock, half past one on the Saturday to have this, um, uh, you know, like quite cool looking young lady and her backing band play this sort of just very, very catchy, easygoing, dreamy pop music um, that had a bit of sort of like a bit of art pop vibe to it as well. It was good. It was really, really good. Uh, it started shitting it down as well. I was like, brilliant. It's absolutely pissed. It's a weird thing, right? It keeps raining. And then you look above you and it's a blue sky. You're like, well, this doesn't feel fair. So it's rained quite hard a couple of times. It rained straight away when I got there. I went to go and see Graphic Nature. And Graphic Nature, considering Graphic Nature are essentially like a big, burly, gruesome metalcore band, 
they got a really big crowd. One of the biggest crowds that a rock band, particularly in that Festival Republic tent, got all weekend. I would say, uh, I've got the second biggest crowd. A lot of that would have been down to the weather. Like, I'm not going to lie. A lot of it started absolutely pissing down, so a lot of people came in. But, you know, the people that were there, they seemed to be enjoying it. And they got a big circle pit. They got a big mosh pit. Um, they got a lot of people kind of chanting along with any sort of like, I can't remember what the thing they got me chanting along with. But, but it was good. I haven't really spoken about Graphic Nature. I've listened to them. And I was a bit like, yeah, you know, like it's probably not the sort of thing that I'm going to listen to loads. But like they, they were really good. They were really good. And I was surprised. And I was quite happy to see a genuinely heavy band getting a really, really good reception and a big crowd. It was good. It was good to see. Um, it was still raining when I walked over to see Arlo Parks and um, that meant I stood as far away from her as I could whilst hearing her because I stood under a sort of um, tarpaulin thing um, for a little bit and watched her. Uh, Arlo Parks wearing a Red Hot Chili Peppers t-shirt, but don't hold that against her. She actually shouted out the Arctic Monkeys and Deftones. Said, I used to come to this festival and get up to all kinds of trouble. Um, I really wanted to write an indie rock song that sounded like Arctic Monkeys and Deftones because obviously those bands are very similar. Um, but that's not what I did say to someone. They were like, oh, they, they sound the same, don't they? And I was like, well, that's not really... I think what she's saying is she likes guitar music and it's, you know, she wanted to make a, a, a indie rock record. Um, I think Deftones would be more than happy being called an indie rock band. I'm sure they'd prefer being called that than being called a new metal band, I'm sure. Uh, Arlo Parks was good. It's quite low energy, which meant at that time of the day, you know, I suppose I've just said that Baby Queen was good for being, I think Baby Queen probably had more energy than Arlo Parks, but Arlo Parks has a fucking incredible voice. Really, really good. Um, I thought she was was good. Not amazing, because, you know, she won the Mercury Music Prize, and her latest album, her latest album is really good. Uh, but yeah, I think like 40 minutes in the rain on a main stage on a Saturday at Reading when people probably either want to get out of the rain or just go mental. Um, it wasn't, maybe wasn't the perfect place to see that, but she was, she was very good. Uh, who else did I see after that? Okay, then I went to go and see High Viz, who, if you listen to our Outbreak review, Hivis were fucking amazing at Outbreak. Absolutely amazing. Started with that Oasis cover. People all over the stage, they were going fucking mental. When they came out, they had, I would say, a, a third full. Third full? Probably about, th maybe just over a third of a tent, right? Which people started leaving while they were playing. When they came out, they're like, oh my God. The singer was like, oh my God, I can't, you know, Reading, what an honour, I can't believe it, I'm sorry for it, thank you so much, it's going to be so good. By the end, they sort of trudged off, looking a bit like, you know, a little bit sort of, I wouldn't say pissed off, but they just seemed a bit like, ah, oh, well, you know, we did it, and it was all right, I suppose. And um, it was such a contrast from Outbreak, where they were so adored, you know. And, you know, I suppose the idea that Hi-Viz would do an Oasis is kind of impossible um, maybe they'll do an Idols in a few years' time. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But I thought, like, you know, with the Britpop revival thing that we've been speaking about so much, you thought maybe Hi-Viz might kind of cross over to some of those people? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Performance-wise, they were good. It was nowhere near as good as Outbreak. Just nowhere near as good as Outbreak because the atmosphere just wasn't there. And I'm sure a few people who hadn't heard them before 
you know and i mean literally like a handful of people would have gone oh that band were really good but it didn't feel like the outbreak show felt really special and this just felt like a band doing half an hour at a festival a bit like scowl scowl came on after and had a similar sized crowd to pink shift um there were actually five people stood in front of me who were um clearly sort of not into heavy music who were mockingly going rock on dude rock on dude like people who i used to go to school with who had seen wayne's world um in 1993 and i was like well, i'm glad I'm, I'm glad that insult is still around it's good to see that the, the, the uh the, what do you what would i call this like we would call them chavs or townies or whatever you would have called them back then. i don't know what you call them these days but those people were, were that and uh and they were doing the same insult as danny smith used to do to us when we were at school and he'd see one of us wearing like a I don't know, a no FX t shirt, and you go, rock on, dude. And he'd do like the thing, and then he'd do the horns wrong. He'd do it with his like thumb and his little finger, and go, and we go, no, it's the, it's the, the index finger and the other one, actually, Danny. And, and also, this is a punk rock band who don't really do that. Uh, and you go, yeah, headbang, man. Yeah, ugly kid, Joe, man, and all that. And they were, they were doing all that stuff. And um, they were distracting me from Howl a little bit. And it was easy to distract me from uh, Howl, Scowl, sorry. And it was easy to distract me from Scowl because, unfortunately, they had hardly anyone watching them. Which you think for such a fucking... A band with so much sort of love and goodwill and one of the bands that are being put forward is this is going to happen. For them to get such a small crowd, again, is like... It's just not the place, is it? It's just not the place. Like, no shade on Reading because, you know, you're booking Central Sea and you're booking i'm gonna see declan mckenna later someone in my local coffee shop said oh declan mckenna is really good i don't know if she is not imagine dragons and becky hill and stuff like that. it's like yeah you know look this this is not gonna fly with those people i guess it's just not it's just not going to and so are we surprised that scowl got a circle pit with eight people in for what it's worth i thought they were really really good i thought they were really really good i really enjoyed them um weirdly i probably enjoyed them more than i did at outbreak when they won everybody over and they had a massive crowd that they seemed to you know whereas hivis went okay let's just get through it felt like hivis sort of just went okay let's get, just get through this um scowl seemed to be like well no fuck you we are gonna play we're gonna play harder and harder and harder and like we're gonna win as many people over as we can even in this very very small crowd i actually thought they were really really good really good if you'd have asked me last time you know like after outbreak who was i more excited about seeing high vis or scowl or who do you think would be better i think i probably i mean probably i definitely would have said high vis but i think scowl although i don't like their music as much as i you know i love high vis's music um uh i think they probably did better i think in terms of how they played anyway that's just what i think really um i saw a little bit of nothing but thieves i've never really cared about nothing but thieves uh brought quite a big show pyro all that never really cared about never really properly listened to them so i've got nothing to sort of judge them positively or negatively on really saying that though their new song that they put out i say new how new is it hold on bear with me bear with me bear with me bear with me because i'm going to see how long their uh nothing but thieves what is that new song called 
Welcome to the DCC. Oh, they've got an album out. Okay, fine. So it's not a new song. <laughs> All right. When did that come out? Fucking hell. This is I'm supposed to know this stuff. Really. Oh, it came out in June, so it's not been out that long. So they've got an album that came out in June, but they released a single called... Fucking hell, they've released loads of singles since then. They released a single called Welcome to the DCC that came out in March. It came out two days after my birthday, the 15th of March. They've actually released one, two... Well, they've released three other singles from this album since then. And when I heard that song, and I was like, that's brilliant. That's really good. And they opened with that song. So I was like, wicked. I don't need to watch much more. <laughs> and uh, they were all right. Like, uh, it did make me go... I thought, well, maybe I've, you know, kind of misjudged nothing with these. Mm, probably haven't, to be honest. They, they were all right. I thought they were fine. Like, I got a bit bored towards the end, to be honest with you. Um, went over to the main stage west to see Nux. Now, I don't think I've spoken about Nux before, but he released an album. When did it come out? I'm going to get this right, because... He released an album that came out, and I I listened to it. And I was like, "This is this is very good," uh, but it came out in 2022. I don't know the exact date. Um, doesn't really matter, does it? Oh yeah, it's December, so it's right near the end of the year, December. And I was like, "This is good. This is really good." You know, this is like he's got the flow of a sort of modern British grime rapper, but he brings a lot more of that uh, that classic um, soulful hip hop thing. Uh, with him and I, I i was like i'll watch a bit of him because he clashed with who i'm about to talk about so i only got to watch the first sort of 20 minutes i really liked it it was the sun was out he was bringing a lot of you know that kind of very summery mid 90s la style beats and hip-hop to um his own much more london-y voice people seem to be liking it a lot got a really big crowd i was into it thought it was good but he was clashing with joey valance and bray now joey valance and bray who i saw last year opening the dance tent on the friday they then have been moved to the festival public stage which is you know they did download i saw them recently with limp biscuit they're obviously a band who people are going we want to try and claim these two rappers for rock music and i can understand why because they just sound like the Beastie Boys. Let's not let's not let's not underplay this at all. They sound so much like the Beastie Boys, exactly the same as the Beastie Boys. Like obviously not as good as the Beastie Boys. Who is? Nobody is. But um, yeah, they are really really great. And they came in. They got a massive crowd in that tent. Really really big crowd. Um, I would say the biggest crowds of the day in that tent. Um, sorry Sleep Token fans but they did and people were losing their shit as well and about kind of up to sort of the halfway point of the tent people losing their shit Punk Tactics at the end went off they did they kind of jump the fuck up it went off they um, are just really funny really instantly likeable very very entertaining very very energetic it is I would say so far, thus far, my favourite set of the weekend. Because going down to that little tent where it, everything feels a bit kind of awkward and a bit empty and a bit dead and you're like, do you really belong here? To have something come along that felt so fresh and vibrant. And even though it just sounds like the Beastie Boys, like they're just so, they just still feel really, really fresh, really box fresh. They are brilliant. I'm really tempted to go and see them on, did they play... Hold on, this is not interesting for you at all. 
but I'm going to see uh, if they have, if they are playing, or if they have played, because they are doing a UK tour. Oh, I've missed it. Uh, yeah, I was wanting to go down and see them in. Um, they played Bristol. They played Brighton. I fucking missed it, didn't I? Unbelievable. Yeah, they played the the Garage. Oh yeah, I've missed it. Oh, I've missed it. They played the Green Door on the Saturday the nineteenth. What was I doing then? I was doing something. It's an interesting little segue there, wasn't it? Good. Um, at least it wasn't about the nineties, I suppose. Um, yeah. So look. I don't, I don't, um, I don't want to be like, you know, rap is the future of rock. But in terms of like something I've seen on that Festival Republic stage so far this weekend, I mean, I haven't seen loads, but Joey Vance and Bray were comfortably the thing. Um, they were fucking excellent. Central C played on the main stage East, rather than Donald and Slipknot, remember that? Um, definitely meant that. I thought Central C, I didn't actually watch Central C, to be honest, because my back is fucking fucked, basically. And after Joey Vance and Bray and Nux back-to-back, I was knackered. I was like, I'm going to sit down for a bit. So I went in the press room and I sort of watched it from the press room. So look, I can't really tell you that much about it, other than the crowd he got was fucking gigantic. Absolutely gigantic. I think he got a bigger crowd than Sam Fender. Fucking massive crowd. Save for the killers who I'm about to talk about. He got the biggest crowd on the main stage east thus far, I would say. Huge. Um the show was he had about 30 people on stage with him, and they were riding bikes. I quite like the fact that it just was like clear the stage, put like a few lights at the back have loads of fucking pyro and, and lasers going off right at the front of the stage. But clear the stage because I'm going to do my thing at the front and behind me, loads of people are just going to do like riding round on trikes. So like three wheelers and uh, scooters and um, what are them little things called? They've got two wheels and they've got a bar, they've got a handlebar and the kids use them, like the wheelie things. People just riding around on them behind him. And I was like, I tell you what, that's a strong... That is a strong aesthetic choice that that man has made. And I, I rate it. Like, genuine, I'm not fucking around. I was like, it was really simple. Just people doing, like, cycling proficiency tests behind me as I do my uh, my kind of urban street um, hip-hop. It was, it was funny. It was funny to see. And I liked it. And they all sort of had the same tracksuit on as well. So they looked like sort of... They looked like diversity... Um, but cycling. It looked like the sort of thing you get on Britain's Got Talent, but then some pyro would go off and 90,000 kids would film loads of it and absolutely lose their shit. Uh, I didn't really hear the music, so I can't really comment on that, to be honest. Um, I didn't, you know, I quite liked Central C when he did that EP with Dave. I thought it was all right. So, you know, who knows? Who fucking knows? But, yeah, interesting. Certainly interesting. The 1975 as well obviously got a massive crowd. I thought the 1975 were fucking brilliant like they played that first album in full the 10 year anniversary of the debut record it's not one of my favorite 1975 albums i mean i did see my good friend leander who is a huge fan of the 1975 hello mate it was lovely to see you and he was going oh did you go back to that first album that much and to be honest i i I hadn't really i have listened to it a bunch of times but obviously it's got you know it's got loads of it's got loads of fucking hits on it it's got loads of if, if, if you think about what they're 
their kind of their big songs are um you know girls and chocolate and stuff like that like they're all there are a lot of them on that record and you know the album is 50 minutes long and um that meant that they played you know they're an hour and a half meant you got a 40 minute little um greatest hit set at the end where they played like wow fucking just all the songs that you probably would wish for them to play you know they they played played my favorite if you're too shy let me know um you know it's not living it's not with you uh uh, what's the one that looking for somebody love that's fucking great as well um and uh caroline it, it, it was good um oh caroline i should say i, I nearly said oh carolina then but that was shaggy uh and um this sounded amazing like they, they were one of the best sounding bands of the entire weekend you know they looked like they were having a lot they, they're stepping in it's their third year playing the festival on the trot they're stepping in for lewis capaldi i thought it was actually really nice that Matty Healy did um, right at the start go and dedicate his whole set to Lewis Capaldi. That seems like a nice thing to do. Which, you know, considering he's a white supremacist, um, I think is, you know, is nice. I mean, obviously if it had been uh, a, a, a person of colour or a female artist, he would have said, oh, well, I'm glad, I hope, I hope they die. Because that's the sort of person he is. So <laughs> let's get on to Healy Watch. Live Healy Watch. The thing is, right, um, at one point, Matty Healy broke the mic stand. The mic stand pulled off and he did a, he had a sort of Freddie Mercury-style mic stand. And he went, oh, f I can't fix it. Oh, fuck it, I can't fix it. Now, presumably, that was made in a sweatshop in a Southeast Asian country. And by not trying to fix that mic stand, Matty Healy essentially um, is just more than happy for child labour to exist. Actually like he's pro child labor he might as well have just shot a load of um factory workers in sweatshops that is that is as bad as what he did at least i'm sure that's what the internet is currently saying about him it's a weird thing i think if aliens came down from well pick a pick a pick a fucking planet whatever if they came down from another planet and you went you know i want to see the most controversial pop star in the world say they came down, they landed in the in the 70s or the 80s and they looked around earth and they said we've come back to see what earth is like now and they went we're aware that you have controversial pop stars and rock stars here and you go yes and they say we, we, we remember your Gigi allens and uh your phil specters and you know etc et and your alice coopers and people like that and or you go, yes, let me take you to the, our most controversial pop star that we have at the moment. And you take them to see the 1975 and Matty Healy would swig on a bottle of wine and he would break a mic stand and he would joke about the fact that people call him racist even though he hadn't actually said anything racist. And aliens would go, you lot have lost your fucking minds and they're right in a lot of ways like ultimately matty healy is just a bit of a weird front man <laughs> he is weird he pulls weird faces he's often his mind wanders from the job like that that definitely happens he's got a really good voice his band write really good songs and 
you know, no one talks, uh, no, you know, like he does kind of overshadow the band a little bit, admittedly. I mean, the bass player, if the, if that bass player was in a band with anyone else other than Matty Healy, you'd be he's like, he looks like, he's like a sexier David Gandhi. He's like, he's the best looking man in the world. He's like a cross between David Gandhi and, um, uh, who's the, Drew McIntyre, the rest of, like, he's absolutely outrageously attractive, that bass player. Like, he could b- bum me senseless. He's so fit. But no one talks about it, right? Because they're all looking at the little weird curly-haired man at the front. So does that sort of take away, and also, you know, 1985 just write great, great, great songs. Like I said, those songs, I, I, I'm not sure there is a band that I have done such a fucking flip on. Um, since I don't know, in, in, this time last year, literally this time last year, because they played the Sunday at Reading. I'm now sitting here on the Sunday at Reading. I was like, the 1975, like, oh, a couple of songs, and even before I was like, he's a fucking dickhead and stuff. And like, and he's just weird. I mean, you know, like he he's got the vibe of somebody who probably like in the 2000s I would go to a party with my mates and you'd bump into a lot of people they go to uni with who now worked in marketing or in like in like in the city or something and there'd be some bloke whose dad it was like the CEO of uh, like a Farrow and Ball or something like that do you know what I mean and he'd be coked off his brains and he'd be telling you how, you know, the, all of us are just made up of, the universe is just made up of sand. And if we really thought about it, we could metamorphosize into, you know, like whatever you want it to be or some utter fucking nonsense bullshit like that. Like, he'd just be like, he's a punisher, basically. A fucking punisher. And I feel like Matty Healy is that, right? He's, his, mum's an, his dad's an actress and his mum's a loose woman and whatever else right and he's grown up in his weird showbiz family and you know, I know people who's like my my ex-girlfriend from years ago who's absolutely was I don't want to say now but like was absolutely crazy her mum was an actress who had been in films with Paul Newman and Jack Nicholson right she was a proper fucking big actress for a while right and grew up in this weird like you know, London set of, with like Derek Jarman and people like that. And and she was mad. She was just mad at people who, and so my ex-girlfriend grew up like that. And as a result of it, she also was absolutely fucking mad. And so, yeah, you go on a podcast and you say, oh, I pull my willy to this weird thing. And anyone can say that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like literally fucking anyone can say that. And people are taking it as if like, well, that's that's proof that you've murdered thousands of uh people in racially motivated crimes isn't it it's not anyone can say weird shit no one has turned around to matty healy and gone if you do that again you're going over my knee and you're gonna get your bum smacked no one said to matty healy if you do that again in this bar i'm gonna fucking glass you no one's done that to him and ergo what you get is just like a bit of a weird dude and i watched the 1975 last night and there were times where he looked like he was really 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 thankful and grateful for all the love and support that he was getting from the crowd i don't think he was faking that i don't think because why would he right there are also times where he was weird he was just a bit weird and he's just an odd fucking dude and does it take away from the night i think my point is does it take away from the 1975's music or does it accentuate it i think weirdly i'm about to talk about the killers i think it accentuates it i think matty healy being this eccentric oddity of a man and you look like I watch Brandon Flowers, and Brandon Flowers has got his whole fucking act down pat, right? There it is. 
I am a fucking rock star. This is what rock stars do. And da, 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 da. I say the right things in between songs. Blah, 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 blah. It's slick. It's professional. It's fine. Matty Healy is not that. You look at Matty Healy and sometimes you go, oh, look at you swigging out of a hip flask and dragging on a fag like you're fucking Jacques Carac or something. And you think you're, you're more than you're actually. Like, yes, that is true. But also, when he breaks a mic stand and then he sort of laughs and pushes a piano over and you go why did you do that that's really weird what a weird thing to do why are you going up to your guitarist while he's trying to play a solo and you're sort of rubbing your crotch against his bum and whispering in his ear and stuff and then like laughing and then just walking off this what are you doing you it's you know it's not Gigi allen but it's at least interesting um so yeah i i don't mind i don't mind matty i'm kind of glad that matty healy is the way he is because I think it makes 1975 live more interesting than it would be. Um, and they're, ultimately, they should succeed and fail on the strength of their songs. Their songs are fucking brilliant. Their songs are fucking brilliant. I thought they were great. With the exception of Jay Vance and Bray, I think they ran them pretty close. They're the best thing I've seen this weekend. Really, really good. And um, I'm sure the internet will find something to fucking moan about. Um but there you go. Uh, who else? Oh, right. Okay. So after one big round, here comes another sleep token. Sleep token. I think I said this in my review before. Somebody said sleep token are a metal band for pop fans. That's the thing that I took exception to that I heard someone say. So let's see if that is true, that thesis, because we're better to prove that than at Reading Festival whilst Sleep Token are surrounded by pop fans. Smaller crowds than Joey Valance and Bray. Some people might go, ah, but they clashed with the Killers and the 1975. Um, you know, it didn't. Uh, they clashed with, uh, I think they were just coming on as the 1975 finished. There was 20 minutes between the start of the killers uh, or the start of Sleep Token and then the killers coming on. So people who were curious could have seen a bit and a few people were curious because, you know, it wasn't empty, the tent. It was just over half full, I would say. And within, I stood near the back of the tent. I stood in the kind of middle and there were people down the front screaming. There were people down the front who were there kind of purely for Sleep Token, fine. There were a lot of people who, I saw walking out after half a song and I looked at them and I thought you know what I can't I just they they've sold out Wembley in 10 minutes and they've done it by appealing to all those people who are interested in alternative music no I don't think anyone is going to be turned over to liking metal from pop by sleep token I just don't believe it will spirit box like I'm not even a massive fan of spirit box but having seen them I can see that. That I can see, right? Because their, their songs are short and Courtney is quite relatable and she's got a lot of charisma. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I can actually see that. I can see that with Spirit Box. I can't see it with Sleep Token. I just, I, I'm not saying that Sleep Token aren't going to be massive. They might be massive. They might be massive like Ghost are massive. But I don't think Ghost are really going to appeal that much to like, you know, the people that were there for Nux and Central Sea and... Um, you know, Laura Carner or Holly Humberstone and they were going there today to see Becky Hill or whatever. They're not going to stand in the dark 
and watch a load of people with masks on play very, very long, quite dour metal. <laughs> like kind of with R&B increments in it. Like they're just not going to do that. And they didn't. I saw a load of people leaving. This thing that they're going to be this big crossover band, it's not going to happen. Like I, I, am, I will bet my house on it. It is not going to happen. Sleep Token are not Limp Biscuit. They're not Black Album Metallica. They're probably Tool. Like they might be a cult band, like Tool. I can see that. That I can see. But then even Tool, like you know, you stick fucking Stink Fist, is or or sober. Like those songs are arguably catchier at a time where that stuff was more part of the the mainstream footprint. And they're shorter as well. Like the Sleep Token songs are fucking long. So like, I didn't see all the Sleep Token, so I'm not going to say whether or not I thought they were good or not. I, I didn't care for it that much, to be honest. But um, yeah, like, it, like that conversation's dead now, I think, as far as I'm concerned, for the moment. Three albums in. It's not like they were not only just released their first album. You're three albums in, and their kind of footprint on the Reading Festival was was minuscule. Had they have been on one of the main stages, might have been a little bit more interesting to see how many people came to see them. But then I don't think that really would have worked on the during you know in the light either. So you know, um, yeah, I think that that they're a metal band for pop fans. No, they're a pop band for metal fans. They're not a they're not a metal band for pop fans. Pop fans don't give a fuck, clearly. I was right. What a surprise. What a surprise. I was right again, uh, like I am about literally everything apart from that Marion album. <coughs> uh, the Killers. All right. The, fucking hell. Trying to get near the Killers was impossible. I couldn't get anywhere near them. I couldn't even get, I couldn't even get near the the mixing desk right like even from that sort of third banner their crowd was huge absolutely huge and they were because of where I was stood I moved around a lot uh really quiet really really quiet in certain places which is a bit of a shame you know a lot of people had come on the day I think just to see the killers a lot of killers t-shirts you know it's one of the few times at Reading that I've been in the last few years in the the times I've been 2016 2017 and then last year, last year was quite the wake-up call. Um, where I was like, oh, I'm really, really fucking old. And these people are really young. Again, Friday, I was like, wow, everyone's really young. I didn't feel that on Saturday, actually. I felt like there were a lot more people who had obviously just come to see the killers. And they were, you know, my age, maybe like sort of five, six years either side of me. A, a pretty good mix of people, you know. And there was a lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people there to see the killers clearly who had just come to see the killers um so it was a shame that they were so fucking quiet but i did manage to get into a little place and see a bit of them i've never seen them before like you know we had this conversation on the podcast once me and sam where we were both you know sort of talking about the the virtues of of, of hot fuss which is their debut album which i think is brilliant i think it's a brilliant album uh, I think Mr. Brightside's a really good song. Unfortunately, I don't ever need... It's a box A. I don't ever need to hear it again. But, you know, it's where it gets played and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I've i got a lot of time for the killers. But 
Um, I don't really care. I mean, they started with that song. Uh, they play that second. Heartache. Uh, when you were young, off of Samstown. I don't really like Samstown that much. Uh, I bought it the day it came out because I really, really like Hot Fuss. But then they did, you know, Jenny was a friend of mine into um, Smile Like You Mean It. And I was like, do you know what? Those three back to back, this is really, really good. And then they went on a run of songs from their new albums. I mean, I say new. Are they new? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, are, are they? Are they new? Who fucking knows? They might be fifteen years old at this point. Um, but you know, shot of the night running towards a place. Uh, somebody told me fine, and then spaceman for reasons unknown. Your side of town, runaways, rewind, caution. All these things I've done. The man, human, Mister Brightside, was was the set. Uh, they started with a song called My Soul's Your Own Warning. In that middle run there, I was I was bored. I'm not going to lie. I was like, yeah, I don't really know what this is. Don't really care so much about it. I'm not really feeling these songs. Um, so it is a bit of a slog. They were good. Brandon Flowers is, I was going to say he's weird, but then after talking about how weird Matt Healy is, he's comparatively not weird. What's weird about Brandon Flowers is he he, he looks like, I don't even remember Guy Smiley from The Muppets. Um, or Sesame Street it was actually he kind of looks like him he kind of like he is the kind of the anti-Matt Healy really like he has just got this plastic grin on his face he's fucking showbiz um he was wearing a lovely jacket I mean I want that jacket it was sort of black with like gold sequins on it oh imagine rocking up to a wedding with that wearing that peacocking I believe they call it um yeah, and like he's cool. He does the sort of squat and point thing to the crowd and goes, oh, "Hey, I hear you guys like rock and roll. Well, we just happen to be some of the finest purveyors of rock and roll in the world." And you think like you you said that line every night for the last three years. Um, whereas Matt Healy, he goes, uh, "Oh, we fucked up there, didn't we? You, you fucking silly, you you cock. Let's let's burn down an orphanage." He didn't he didn't say that. But um, do you know what I mean? So it's like it's just a, like, and I actually prefer the the kind of ramshackle lunatic uh, uh, over the very very slick Vegas showman. So there you go. That's the um, and you know if you want if you if you do like that, then unfortunately you have to put up with some rather odd things that that person says. Whereas Brandon Flowers never going to say anything odd, is he? Never going to say anything odd. Never going to say anything controversial. Um, but it was, you know, it was good. It was, it was, it, it, it didn't feel, it didn't feel special, really. It didn't really feel special. It just felt like another gig that the Killers were doing. And I think when you look at some of the other headline sets, Sam Fender felt like he was fucking delighted to be there. The the uh, 1975, it felt like, okay, we're doing something, we're here every year, but we're going to do something really different. And we're going to, you know, just do a, a kind of a, this one-off weird set. Foles kept going, oh, we played here and we headlined, you know, like probably they were the least of the, the three that I just mentioned. But the Killers, it was very much like, this is business as usual for us. We're the Killers. We play these sort of venues in our fucking sleep. So whatever. But um, it was good. It's been good. It's not been as good as last year. I thought last year was a real awakening. Uh, this year, I don't feel like that. I think it's just been, it's been really good. But I think, you know, when you look at the lineup with people like, you know the 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 killers uh we've got imagine dragons today foals and stuff like it it seems to be 
we've already sort of said it, but it feels like there's a, a slight, not a lack of identity, but there's a bit of a scrambling round for a, a definitive identity from the Reading lineup this year. But it was still very, it's still been, it's still been fun times. I think it's been fun times. So I'll let you know how today goes. I'm actually going to be late now. So I'm probably going to, I'm going to look at the app. Going to look at the app. Uh, this is not interesting for you at all, is it? Well, hot milk are on in 15 minutes, so I won't be seeing them. Um, I'm going to try and get there in time to see. Uh, fucking hell. It is not a lot on today. Oh, Don Broco, R3. Probably get there in time for Broco. Um, and, you know, that'll be me. I'll let you know how it is tomorrow. All right. I'll see you then. Cheers for listening. Bye bye.